On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, he'd have always got the good oil, pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Yeah, welcome to Monday's Experts on this Monday. Hello if you're listening on Sky Sports Radio across our New South Wales radio network or you might be listening via podcast uh, as uh, this podcast has become very, very popular. It's an opportunity, Monday's Experts, where we get to find out the story behind the name. And uh, a gentleman who's joined us plenty of times on uh, this particular program and, and Sky Sports Radio is Tracy Bartley. And it'd be great to, to hear Tracy's story and uh, the journey that he's been on in our racing game and what he is uh, now in regards to his career moving forward. And he joins us on the line. G'day, Tracy. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Great to talk to you, mate. Do you, do you like having these sort of moments where you can reflect on where you've been and what you've achieved? Oh, I think it's, uh, you know, I think racing's so busy, Dave, we don't stop and think about the past or the or what's in front of us, really. I mean, we've just got to keep going forward. And, um, look, I've been very, very fortunate. And I'm in a, you know, a game that I love and, you know, I love the animal. So, you know, I suppose we do enjoy it, yeah. Let's go right back, mate. You started your career in the, in the racing industry. Where, did, where were you born? Uh, born at a place called Rollstone, just out of, outside of Mudgee. Just outside Mudgee, out there. Beautiful yeah. part of the world. A lovely part of the world. And uh, I basically come to Sydney in 79. Uh, got a job with my uncle, uh, Uncle uh, Johnny Mock. Uh, so, or cousin actually, or he married my cousin. Um, but, yeah, got it started started there with Johnny Mock. And, and uh, my uncle, uh, Uncle Bub, was the foreman at the time. And, he moved from Rollstone to to Rosehill, and I basically followed him down. He got me into the racing himself, Uncle Bub, uh, through, look, Dave, I was riding gallopers when I was nine, you know. Uh, so he started me on that part of it. and I had Pony Club, obviously, before that. And, uh, that's where basically we started from. So, in the family, was there was there much sort of racing in the family in regards to your, your mother and father, etc.? Yeah. 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 So my pop was a trainer yep. many, many years ago under Snyder. He was a Snyder, and um, my, both my uncles rode uh, Neville Snyder and and Alan Snyder. So they were mum's brothers. Uh, and mum's only little like me. Uh, all my brothers are real big guys. They're six foot thirty two and. You know, hundred odd kilos, nothing like jockeys, but I just happened to fall mum's way and um and loved horses. So that's really, you know, I suppose that's where I got it off them. What do you love about the horse, Tracy? Oh, is it? Oh, I think I love their, their trust. You know, a horse you can get a, a just they're smarter than humans. Everyone say they're not. They are very, very smart animal. Right? Uh, you know, you want to treat horses bad and they'll treat you bad back, you know. Be kind to them and they'll be kind back to you. And, like, even this uh, filly at the moment, Mabel, like, she just loves a cuddle every morning, you know. Yeah. And she hangs over the door just to wait for that cuddle and then she'll just go and eat. You know what I mean? They're just, they're smarter than humans. They're just, so, I they probably can't talk back, but they can. Uh, you, you just got to know their little, their little ins and outs, you know. When you first started uh, dealing with the horse, yeah, what are some of the the things that you picked up straight away about the animal and, and understanding that they've got this smartness about them? 
Oh, I think, uh, oh, look, I think it's a lot of different things. Uh, horses, you know, even when you saddle him one up, Dave, he, he'll, he'll either like it or he won't like it, you know. Like some some horses in, uh, enjoy their work. They want to get the saddle on and get out and do their work, you know. Uh, others, lazy ones, you know, might just, you know, push me over. But you've got to really push them over. Well, uh, you know, so they're, they're all different. Uh, you know, they really are. I think uh, the trust thing on, on a horse is uh, incredible. Even like, like I rode for all them years as well. And um, the trust an animal, you know, you're making him go very fast. Even in a race, they trust you as a jockey, you know. They trust, trust where you're going to put them. Uh, and they try for you, you know. You go putting a horse up where there's no room, he's smarter than you, he won't go there. You know, so, you know, you've got to put him, you got to face him where he wants to go. So that that's a great skill in itself. It certainly is, Trace. Uh, talk about uh, your time moving from Ralston down to the city. Was that a, yeah. a big moment for well, It was a big moment for you, but how did, you, how did you cope with coming from a town like that to the yeah. big smoke? I was, and I was lucky I moved down with my uncle and I had my cousins there with me and uh, there were two girls, Dawn uh, and Deb, and uh, and I was just like their brother, you know, so I lived with them for the first part of it and we used to start at Rosa like at, you know, 2.10 in the morning, you know, we kicked off. Um, so, you know, we basically got up at quarter, quarter to two, you know, like middle of the night, you know, so, but that's what it was and it's... Uh, I'd done that. I said done it for about, uh, I was there for oh, just on, oh, just over the 12 months, I think it was. It might have been a little bit longer. And, and an old fella told me, he said, oh, family never worked. Uh, you know, and I, I, I don't know whether I took it the right or wrong way, but I ended up um, moving to Frank Penfold. He was a great horseman, Frank. He, he was sort of the from the pony club. He had a riding school at uh, Westmead Hospital. Yeah. And uh, he just moved to Rose Hill, and that's where I come to hook up with, with Frank. And I think Mark de Montford might have come out of his time or around there at the same time, you know. He, he was just, he was before me, obviously. He's older than me. As your career is progressing, um, you obviously had that successful riding career, and you did suffer that terrible fall that day. Yeah, I did. When you suffered that fall, Trace, and you, you know, you're in that moment. Obviously, you've known the horse for so much of your life, but did you yeah. did you feel as though that might have been your time over involved with horses? Oh, uh, look, I think I had several falls over my career. I think one of the worst ones was probably. I know I got really hurt bad in that one, but the Rose Hill one one day there was there was eight of us in the field and five of us fell. Uh, uh, the leader crossed his legs down the back straight. Well, we just all piled over the top of each other. And I, I smashed all my front teeth out. I was only like 19, you know, and oh, it was a horrific fall. All of us were in Westmead Hospital and were up the alleyways. And, oh, it was just mayhem, you know. But uh, we all got through it, and you know, but I suppose the narrow-mind one was I was older and uh, I had a child. Uh, you get a different aspect of life when you've got a family and um you know i had a brain injury i had a bleed on the brain yeah. uh woke up in the middle of the night blood all over me ended up got rushed through the hospital and i busted everything inside and but um look, uh, about i'd say 
I thought it was good until I went and got my jockey's licence and the doctor picked it up. I couldn't actually close my eyes and stand up. My brain wouldn't tell myself to straighten up, so I'd fall to the left. And then from that day forward, you've got to go and get a neurosurgeon to give you a clearance now for any big major falls like that. And that was through, uh, I, I think, the steward, um, him and me, got together and said, you know, this can't happen. I could have got a clearance that day if it were in a never no one. And um, I could have been back riding, you know. But it was too yeah. You... At that point, or when was the point where you decided to go into training? Was it was it straight away, or was it a couple of months when you were thinking, right, what am I going to do with myself here? Yeah. Oh, look, it took a while. I think, uh, oh, look, I ended up uh, working with, I worked with Gory, actually, and uh, I loved it out there. I loved the horses and, you know, Maxie Crockett, and that was a different side of breaking in. and So I went down that track with Max, and we, you know, had a great time out there. And then... Um, yeah, I just ended up, my next progression was, oh, well, you know, we've got to get a horse. Uh, my wife actually, at the time, actually owned a couple of racehorses with another trainer, and so we ended up started training them myself and, and just went on from there, you know. And uh, Probably only sorry thing I didn't do was go and work for a, you know, a, a, a Cummings or a Smith or one of the bigger guys. I, I'd probably um, regret that, you know. Was there an opportunity that you could have done that? Oh, I, I think I could have. I would have only had to ask. I, I was going to go and do Timmy Martin's, all his horses at Tamworth at the time as well. Uh, Timmy was going to move to Sydney. He said, well, come and take all these on. And then uh, that didn't eventuate. Not, uh, Craig ended up staying there because Craig was going to go uh, originally with him. And But, uh, look, I think I just stayed in Mudgee and just... Uh, I think, uh, I don't know, I think it's through Pony Club and all that sort of stuff that you get to, you know, your horses and you, as long as you treat them right, feed them right, um, you know, I've probably always been a bit soft on them, but that can be a really good thing. Horses, you know, get better indoor prep. Uh, you know, it's a combination of many things, really. Mate, tell us about your journey in regards to getting this horse, which I, you and I have spoken about plenty of times. I love talking about him. Sniper's yep. Bullet. Tell me about the day you first laid eyes on him. Yeah, well, I, I um was at, a, well, I was just at a clearance sale and um, I was buying a horse walker, actually, went over to buy this horse walker of a bloke called uh, John Richter at Narromine and, and Roger Narodakis and they had the horses with John and I'd actually rode winners for him as a jockey through John and... Um, Anyway, John was getting out of here. He was going to Western Australia to work in a mine. So I bought his horse, Walker, and it was a lovely black horse there. I said, I'm going to try to buy this horse. He was really nicely bred. But unknowns to me, Narada bred this horse and sold it to John Richter. So anyway, I couldn't outbid her. So she uh, bought the horse and then gave it to me to train. So we took him home with the Walker. So it was a funny story, that. And then... I ended up obviously we had a plenty of bit of luck out there and and uh, they all started coming my way. We had them all in the end, you know, and um, we had a bunch of really nice horses coming through. Um, they were just you know really really nice horses. Yeah, what was it about snipers though that caught your eye? Oh, look, they just come as yearlings. We broke them in, we educated them, tipped them out. There are a few preps. Uh, 
big long legged thing. It's the same as his brother Slick Sniper. They were big long rangy horses, and um, but Sniper's just had a turn of foot that uh, much like Kiss Thumb, he's got a great turn of foot. Uh, early days he could sit back Sniper in the lower grade races and really out sprint him, but when he got to the top level and. I think it was through the EI that um, when we got caught out not going to Melbourne that year, so he's really gone from winning the Stradbroke as a three-year-old, missed the whole of Melbourne, the spring, and then so we ended up in Sydney waiting for age. So then it took him like, you know, he's just gone from this young horse, thrown in the wait for age, and just had to build him up and get him toughened up, you know, and... Oh, the year I run him at. Oh, geez, he runs incredible races in good, good, in good horses, you know. Just yeah. beating him, and I oh, just could, the list went on and on, you know. But he took us on a great journey, uh, great learning curve for me. Obviously, a young, you know, a relatively young trainer to have a, such a horse like this. Um, how old? How how long into your training career when I, you first well, got him? Uh, I was two thousand and six. 2007 won the Stradbroke. Yeah. I'd only give up riding in 2000. So I rode for 18 years, um, you know, and then ended up with this horse all, you know, pretty short, really, because um, I know how hard it is to get another one that's good. And But uh, look, he took us all around the country. Uh, we had a great time with him. You know, he, he flew the flag for us, obviously, everywhere we went. And he was competitive wherever we went. He was a good traveller. Uh, didn't care whether you, as long as you had a feed. Uh, yeah, you know, he was he was really good. You took him to Dubbo on debut. You tried him yeah. at Wellington with yeah. Damien Murphy on board. He got beaten by 10, so he just had a little poke around at Wellington. Yeah. That was on Australia Day, 06. Yeah. That's right. And then you didn't start him till June. Why is that? Oh, I think he went shinny. Okay. He might have went shinny or he waited. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I, that was the same time I got the cancer and that. Yeah. Uh, just after that. And then I sort of had to sit back. I actually spent three months in Sydney after, after he had his first win. That, that's when I went to Sydney for the cancer operation and I spent three months down here with uh, with Anthony Cavallo, actually, and, and my cousin. And um, so they looked after me here, and, and I just had to be on the phone to, obviously, my wife, Tracy, and, and the foreman, Cracker Miles. They run the whole ship at home at Mudgee for me, and they, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't there for his second win, but uh, oh, it was, he just phenomenal horse. Like, Matty Carl rode him the second time, and, Maddie got off him and just said, "He's a freak, this horse." Yeah, you know, and Maddie's a very good judge. And then so, you, uh, you brought him to town, and Timmy Clark as an apprentice rode him, and yeah, I actually went back and had a look at the footage of that in the archives here, and he was got a long way back that day. It was a good it, run. It was a good run. He ran third, and um, no, no, the run was good, and uh, we lost another Philly Dale and Denham actually on the same day. She won. Um, can't think of her name. Scuds me at the moment, but. Uh, she actually, we took her down and then Cracker ran me from the track. He said, oh, this is staying with Jack Denham. And I said, is it? He said, yeah. They come and got it with the bridle and taken it. And I said, oh, well, that's what it was. You know, I couldn't do nothing about it. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but, but we took the best one home. 
Um, we're chatting with Tracy Bartley this morning on Monday's Experts. And, of course, um, an opportunity on this program to hear a bit of the story behind the name. I'm on Sniper's Bullet here because he is such an important horse to you. You tipped him out after that run where he ran third that day in July at Rose Hill. And then you brought him back. He went back to Wellington for a trial. This is obviously because yep. he was still training at um, Mudgee. at Mudgee at the time. Yep. And then you went straight into Warwick Farm, um, a three-year-old class three upper. Yep. Then you went to a class four. Um, yep. And then that was at Rose Hill. Yep. You went 1,200, 1,300, 1,400. He went bang, bang, bang. Yep. And then you thought, right, I'll tip him out for, what, January and bring him back for the Royal Sovereign. And he ran a really, really good second. And at what point did you go back home to Trace or did you just have a bit of a chat to yourself and go, right, we can we can win a, a bloody big race here? Yeah, well, I think uh, uh, Timmy Martin's probably got a little bit to do with it because um, we, we raced through that three-year-old campaign and, and run really good races. I, I thought his run in the Guineas at Randwick was a phenomenal run. Yeah, behind mentality. Uh, yeah, and... Um, you know, so but he matched it with all them good three-year-olds, and then Timmy said, "I'm telling you, set this horse for the Stradbroke." And Timmy shouted me, got into my ear, yeah, and I said, "Yeah, well, good idea." And uh, so that's what we did basically. And uh, well, we tipped him out, and then and brought him back, and then uh, he didn't have that long out. We headed to Queensland with him, you know. Michael uh, Carl gave him the steer around and the gun. Sent. Tell me, yep. with his. Stradbroke, because obviously he was what um, he was what a rating ninety two after that Randwick Guineas run. Yeah, was it a situation in that Gun Sin where he had to perform in the top two yeah. to get a run in the Stradbroke? Uh, I think he was right on the cusp. He was forty nine and a half kilos. Um, I think. Well, he ran second. I ran close second, didn't he? Um, yeah, he did. So uh, he obviously he got he scraped the field. You know, he scraped mm. it in. Uh, where this year, obviously, uh, Kiss some didn't. He, he was a 90 rider, you know, so mm. wasn't much behind it. But, um, look, uh, oh, it was a surreal feeling because uh, we, we'd just come off losing Damien Murphy back in the December. So Damien loved, idolised his horse. He just worked every day, rode him, worked. He just, you know, he just done all the steering for us and, yeah, so we lost. Yeah, the, Gen- the January Australia Day, we lost Damien, uh, and uh, so then Snipers was back in work and getting ready for obviously up there, and so we took him to Brisbane and I trialled him up there. I think that campaign, and then um, yeah, Michael got on him. And- yeah, and then how about getting Craig because uh, he hadn't ridden the horse before. Obviously, you got to get a lightweight jockey. How did that association form? Well, Corey Brown wanted to ride him, and I was friends with Corey, and, uh, you know, I would have put him on, and I just, had Corey wanted to ride him half over at 50, and I just, I said, I would love to put him on, but I said, what if he just gets beat? I'll probably never, ever get another chance to win a group one, you know? Mm. So I said, I've just got to go with someone I can ride him. I'm going to ride him at the true weight, you know, 49 and a half, and, uh, and Craig put his hand straight up. He said, no, no, I'll, I'll ride I'll ride in the right way. So that's what that's how Craig ended up on him. And I didn't know Craig for a bar of soap, you know, but I knew Corey. But, look, that's what happened. Um, but, uh, oh, geez. Uh, he was a confident guy, Craig, when he came out to get on the horse that day. 
he just told us, he said, oh, he just gets a bit keen after the start. And um, I, I'm, he said, I'm just going to let him run through the bridle a little bit and, and be closer. And that's what he did. He certainly did. What was the feeling like, mate, in, in you know, winning that first group one? Oh, that's a surreal feeling. I mean, I never won one as a jockey. I, I run fourth in a... In a um, an Epsom, a couple of fours and a couple of Epsoms, and that's as close as I got, you know. But uh, Jesus, uh, it was surreal when he when he actually lobbed. And I was there at Doom and Ten Thousand Day with, or well, when he ran that's right. gun send, and and I I found a bookmaker doing the double. So yes, I've gone and had the double take over target in the sniper's bullet. What was that pain? Oh, I got on a ridiculous price. I just know. When it when it all happened, I give uh, I give my wife and her auntie. I said you've got to walk as far as you can up the back of Eagle Farm, and there's a bookmaker standing there, and he's taking the doubles, but it's written down in pencil. You know, yep. Here's a ticket. Go and collect it for me. Anyway, they they, they both come back and they had well, I think they got like twenty four thousand dollars or something. How <laughs> bloody good is that? And they said to me, Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing to us? They said. We didn't know how much money we are going to get. Anyway, it was, it was a great day. It was a great day. I want to take you back to a trace because I know it's something you, you love hearing. Um, just take your, shut your eyes, mate, and take yourself back to this day at Eagle Farm. All in the starting stools. We're ready to go on the Amy Stradbroke. Stand by for a start. Signal given. Bill Shuck turns on the lights. Racing in the Stradbroke, McTarney from near the inside, one of the first to go. Gold Edition began brilliantly and she pounced on the lead and on settling down, it's Gold Edition going to the lead. On the outside, Malcolm ridden aggressively goes to second, Storm Hill third, Sniper's Bullets running fourth. Then comes Mr Ubiquitous on the outside, adorning lad McTarney back on the fence, followed by Nova Star, G.I. Jane, Black Egg and Benedetti. Then Smart and Mighty worse the midfield, followed by Rohrleiter, Shinzig Snort. Excellent getting back on the fence followed by Magic Marvo running to wins a long way back and so too is hard to catch and the Jackal is last 700 metres to go, Gold Edition by one, Malcolm second Stormhill races third, Sniper's Bullet Handy fourth and Mr Ubiquitous Matani's next on the rails, they're followed by Black Ink, further back on the field then came Nova Star as they approached the corner from G.I. Jane, followed by Benedetti, smart and mighty, daunting lad excellent snorts a long way back as they corner, Gold Edition cut the corner, she shot away, past the four Gold Edition out by two and a half. Sniper's Bullet gets the second, followed then by Black Ink and further back is Storm Hill and Malcolm. Gold Edition the leader. Sniper's Bullet's coming after Gold Edition inside the hundred. Gold Edition the leader. Sniper's Bullet on the outside picking up the filly. Sniper's Bullet went to Gold Edition and Sniper's Bullet drew away. Won the Stradbroke from Gold Edition. Benedetti third, photo fourth. Miss Ubiquitous in the photo with Nova Star. Yeah, that was Sniper's Bullet and Tracy Bartley. He's our guest on Monday's Experts. Great to hear Alan Thomas oh. with that call then. And the thing about that day, I was there that day, Trace. Oh, were you? As a youngster. Yeah, I was yeah. there in 06. I was 17 with my grandfather. And oh. Gold Edition oh. was the – well, she was the princess up there of, of Queensland racing. And, and obviously Ronnie Morden. I remember the, the lead-up to that race with the O'Brien family and Jimmy Cassidy riding. And yep. uh, your, your bloke was just too good on the day. Yeah, well, I mean, just with that weight, you know, it was a superior, you know, how were they going to beat the horse in the handicap carrying that sort of weight if you possibly be that close to them? Well, 
you know, I think where he drew originally 16, it was a blessing because he just didn't get into any trouble. And, and uh, yeah, he was a tad, you know, slow away, but then he just let him slide. And that's where the winner move was. He just ended up in a perfect spot. And so, well, it was a game over. Like when he got to the half mile and I seen him sitting there and I said, well, how are these going to beat him around him? You know, they, mm. there's no way they could beat him with the weight. So, um, it was a pretty surreal feeling. And, Roger Nerriton, then those young chickens, you know, but they, <laughs> oh, we had a great day. It was just a great day, honestly. You get a boy from Mudgee, take this horse up. He's a, you know, he's a ten dollar horse. You know, he's buy nothing out of nothing, and and think we could win a, you know, bloody Group One Stradbroke, one of the, you know, good races in Australia. It's a, a bloody. Uh, well, very blessed, very very blessed. And then obviously the continuation, because he win, he wins three Group Ones. Yeah, well, he did. I mean, uh, well, very proud. He liked Perth. I don't know what it was about Perth. I think it was, by that stage we'd, you know, riding him more positive and, and uh, he's running the he's, – he's two runs in Melbourne prior to going over both times in the the last mile, the last day of the old Emirates. She's over good runs. So mm. the year, I think he ran fifth or so, you'd think, or fourth, fourth or so, you'd think. But he actually clipped heels. Michael Rod rode it, and um, oh, he was lucky to stand up, you know, and to run where he did. was That was the first year we went over. And Michael just followed Bank Robber in the first railway, and he should have won the first railway. He just stayed behind Bank Robber, and Bank Robber was stopping, so he just got caught up. Um, and he ran a good second that year, and then, and obviously he ran third in the Kingston Town that year as well. But I, I suppose the following year we might have had a better, better uh, gust on it. Um, you know how to prepare them. You obviously, got to be fit before you go there. Do nothing with them and uh, just let the horse do the talking. You know. Yeah, exactly right. And just on um, on the horse before we move on to to others in your stable and you as a trainer. Yep. Um, he won that day in Perth at eighteen hundred. What do you think this horse's sweet spot was? Because he was very versatile, wasn't he? Yeah, I think, uh, look, if I had my time over it again, I think, uh, you know, I probably would have done a few things different because I, I would have stretched him out earlier. Uh, probably, um, yeah, I, I, you know, a mile up Randwick always said it was like 2,000 anywhere else. So, you know, he ticked the boxes in a mile at Randwick, a couple of really top runs in, in you know, that run at the Doncaster when Huey rode him, he, he carried the top weight. He drew bloody awfully. I think he drew 18 or 19 or something, and he just couldn't get in on him, you know. He, he was just facing yeah. the breeze, three and four deep the trip, and he still run fourth, you know. It was an enormous run. When did you, um, uh, with the horse, and obviously, um, you know, today's races now, yep. it's hard to compare apples to oranges, but yeah, what would you set him for now? With all these million dollar and multi million dollar races on the card, what would you love to? What would you have gone right? If I had a snipers in the stable right now at his top, yeah, where would you be going? I should have set him for a cox plate. Yeah, yeah. I just reckon. I just reckon. You know, really, uh, you could have put him up somewhere on speed. Uh, just so um, you know, it's just such a great race, isn't it? A cox yeah. plate and. Um, you know, I wish I would have set him for a cox plate or maybe trained him a bit different for a cox plate. Was, that, look, uh, was that because you d- not doubted yourself, but you just didn't want to 
get ahead of yourself. You're already on this wild ride. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, geez, I don't want to go to the well too often. Well, he's bite bites a bullet and he's out of yellow yellow native mare and you just sit back and say, well, the breeding's not there to stay, you know. The breeding is actually sprint a miler maximum, you know, on that bre- on that line. So basically that was in the back of my head all the time. Uh, you know, you get to these other races and the quality of the horses and the breed behind them has got to... It's got to stand them for something. And um, I know horses are horses, but, you know, that's why they pay such big dollars for, you know, well-bred horses because the bloodlines, mate, it's um, yeah. the proof in the pudding, you know. One thing, though, about um, yourself, Trace, is that you you have a reputation, you're a great horseman, um, and you pride yourself, and I read this on your website too, you pride yourself on the rejuvenation of many gallopers. You, yeah. you love project, project horses. I mean, obviously, we'd all love the Ferraris to roll in off the uh, the truck yep. straight from the farm, but that's not the case always. They've got their quirks, uh, and, and I, I feel as though you enjoy having these horses with quirks because you put that effort and time in, and then you get the results. Well, you do, um, for sure, and it's only, you only get the time you put in, you know, what they give you back. But uh, I, I suppose, um, or I suppose, Today we buy off the digital sites, and you know horses coming out of Melbourne, and, and yeah, they might have different quirks and all that sort of stuff, you know. So we're always uh, getting them sort of horses now, and um, yeah, we still buy. You know, I think we bought four last year, which is not a big number, you know. But that's enough for us. Um, and then you have these tribe ones coming through as well, so uh, it's a good mixture. Chatting with Tracy Bartley this morning, Tracy, the move from Mudgy to Wyong. What was the reasoning for that, mate? Well, I got cancer, and uh, I just uh, I, I just think I couldn't sustain the workload that I had at Mudgee. Um, I just had to cull it down, and um, so we sort of come over to Wyong, and we only ever had you know fourteen here at the start, um, and that was enough for us. Um, yeah, in the later years, we've got back to twenty-two or something, or twenty-three now, but. Um, that's all it was. It was just all the travelling, and, and I just wasn't well enough to keep running the farm and keep driving and travelling all over the place. And uh, so, yeah, we moved to the coast just to be closer to the racecourses, basically. And yeah. up the OC, we've got a good mixture. You know, uh, the way race instruction now, we've nearly got to run it every Saturday at the midway or something, and or you hope to get to town, and then you've got Kembla or Newcastle or, you know, one of the provincial tracks, so... We're in a really good spot. You certainly are, mate. And your team at the moment, obviously, Kiss Sum would be one of your headline horses, but you've also got some nice young types coming through. Yeah, we have. We've got some nice mixture of horses. Uh, you know, uh, this Billy Morelia, she's a nice filly. Uh, you know, Kiss Sum, and you've got his, his uh, sister and brother. She's in the Murrah Irish Kisses. I think she'll be terribly hard to beat tomorrow. And then uh, I've got a new one of theirs. Uh, Kissing Torpedo, well, he'll run on either Thursday or or this coming Saturday at uh, Gosford if he doesn't run on Thursday. So okay. we've got a nice bunch of owners and, uh, you know, good friends around us. We've got horses in the stable and um, it's a really good mixture, you know. Mm. I mean, I couldn't do it without Tracy because, you know, the ship runs, she just runs everything, runs, you know, all the bookwork and emails. I just get up every morning and... Just train the horses. Yeah, and, uh, but, you know, I just couldn't do it without her and the whole ship would sink for sure. 
what is the 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 goals for the future? I mean, obviously you've you've achieved a lot in your training career. Yeah. What 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 are some of the burning things inside you that you really want to achieve? You want to have have a taste of. Oh, obviously we want to get back and win another Group One. There'd be a, a feather in our cap if we could do that. Do, um, do you reckon Kiss Summers that horse? Do you reckon he is, is has a Group One in him? Yeah, I, I just got to put a line through last week. Um, I think this horse will bounce back this Saturday and just hope he gets a run in this race. If he doesn't, he'll have to run in the 90 or uh, save him for the festival stakes the following week, you know. Yep. But, uh, that's we'll just cross that dot when we come to it. Um, I haven't seen them noms yet. But, uh, no, I can't be more happy that the horse has come home. He's, he looks amazing. Um, we've gone right over in fine and come. We can't find nothing wrong with him. So we're pressing on at this stage, and yeah, look forward to this Saturday. And what, what if if there is a group one in him? Do you have a feeling where it might be? Might it be up in Queensland again? Return to the scene of the crime? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, I'd love to get him to the Villiers if we can get him there. I mean, if he could happen to run really well Saturday, you know, top three or something, he'd go to Woods Villiers, and he's only really relative young and a little prep. He hasn't had, you know, he's only had the, basically the two runs, so uh, there'd be no reason why he couldn't train on. Geez, he's 26 bucks, you know. Is they he, they yeah. call that the Ingham now, uh, the oh, the yeah. Villiers, which is on, uh, what, December 10th, so... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not that far away. No, not that far away. So if he was to run well on Saturday, you'd, you'd, you'd look at yep. going that way. Oh, I think he's got to. It's, you know, the big purse at the end of it, um, you know, and... Uh, no, his sort of could probably line up in something like that and be very competitive. Very much so. Yep. Uh, apart from the Group 1, anything else you want to achieve, mate, um, at the races? Oh, no, Dave. Like, race has been great to me. I, you know, rode all through them years and, and um, get, you know, be, have a good, successful training business and good people around us. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm in, I'm in a good space and... Um, Got a good bunch of trainers here at Wyong. We all bounce off each other. We all pulling jokes or something. And but you know we sort of working in together and taking horses here, there, everywhere for everyone. And I think it's a good mixture. And you know there's no use taking one float to the races with one horse on. You might as well be all sharing the workload, and, and it works in good. So I think things are really rosy at um, at Wyong. I think it's good, mate. I think you're in a good space and a, a good mindset, and who knows what's around the corner. That's exactly right. No, we're, we're definitely right. We get out of bed every morning, and um, and life's great. Exactly right. Pleasure talking to you this morning, Tracy. I, I wish you all the best, mate. And I'll, this uh, horse, Kiss Sum, uh, let's hope he can can achieve what you think he can. And great to talk to you about the the great horse and snipers. Yeah, no, thank you very much, David. Thanks to everyone there.